All right. How is everybody doing today? Another podcast uh, launching away. Hope uh, hope everybody's having, uh, like I said, an awesome day. And today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the uh, the golf coverage. We got a lot of backlash last uh, week or this past week at the Genesis Invitational at Riviera. CBS had the broadcast. So we're going to talk about broadcasting golf broadcasting what's the problem what needs to be done moving forward and uh i'm gonna give you my story a little bit on how i tried to get into the golf uh, business and that, that that was interesting and confusing for me for a long long time and it might reveal uh, some of the problems that's going on right now in the golf industry or in the golf broadcasting industry. And uh, we're going to lose, we're probably losing a lot of viewers and they're trying to capture a certain amount of uh, viewers and a certain ty- type of demographic. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'll give, I'm, I'm not totally a all problems kind of guy. Like I like to look at the problems, but then I like to give solutions. So I like to kind of digest things and what's happening and really try to think about things that we can do to improve as opposed to just beating people up because there's problems going on. So we're going to look at some solutions I think that we can uh, maybe try, hopefully, integrate one day. So hopefully somebody will integrate this into the golf broadcast. And so we'll discuss a little bit of that and uh, and have a good a good hopefully discussion today always want to be try to touch base on interesting topics things that are relevant in the golf industry and I always want to give you a little bit of backstory on me and who I am and my background in this space as well so you can get to know me a little bit and we can have hopefully some dialogue leave your comments below uh, and uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. I appreciate the support. We're we're approaching ninety thousand subscribers on YouTube, so it's it's getting exci- It's been exciting this last couple years, two and a half years or so, has been exciting. And we're gonna keep the grind alive. And I'm I'm looking forward to that hundred thousand mark. I think we're gonna get there sooner rather than later. And then uh. Let's even get to two hundred thousand faster than the first hundred thousand. That 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 would be cool. So uh, appreciate all of that. All and as always, links to all the products I use and or recommend are in the video description below or on the podcast. You can look at the description; it's on there somewhere. And on the website, I try to get all the links to all the stuff there as well. Uh, be sure to pick up also my practice plan. It's a free practice plan, a printout version or PDF, or you can just keep it on your your mobile device, however you want. And that goes in conjunction with my 24 video series of um, the five stroke challenge. Lower your your average score by five strokes with the 24 videos. Uh, we go through a daily practice routines what to do at practice that day and then over the course of however long it takes you to progress through the entire series by the time you're done uh, you will hopefully 
the goal is that you will have reduced your average score by five strokes. That's a big ask and certainly not something to just kind of, you know, slough off, but it's something that, you know, you can, if you put in the practice, you can get better. And I truly believe that. So be sure to get your free practice plan. So sometimes you might not have access to the video, but you can always pull up the practice plan, just copy it, put it in your notes, however you want to do it, print it out, uh, put it in your golf bag. Uh, Some people might laminate it so they just know and they just mark off with their Sharpie what they've done each day or, uh, and that will really truly help you break, let's say, you know, you get in these ruts or these, you reach plateaus in your golf game and you need something to break free, break through with that. So a certain practice plan, that's something that you can, you can do to help break, break that barrier, break that rut, that plateau that you may, that you may be at. And people do this all the time. Like when I go to the gym and exercise, uh, I might be working on my chest, but I never really do the exact same chest exercise every time I do chest. I'll mix it up. And that way I'm not, I don't ever do the same thing. You know, I, I just do different exercises to achieve the same result, same in golf. So when I go to practice, uh, okay, I do the three-foot circle, but then I might do a seven-foot circle or a eight-foot or a four-foot or, I, you know, I'll mix it up. So I'm still working on putting the same type of thing. But I spread it out so that um, I'm doing, I'm achieving the same result, but I'm not getting just this mundane, mindless practice. You always want to be stimulating your brain when you practice. And so the more you mix it up, the more you do different things, the more stimulation you'll have because it'll just be new. It's always new. And when things are new, your brain tends to absorb a lot more of that quicker and you'll be able to... uh, change a lot faster and get get better quicker and that's what the goal is get better quicker and not not a pill not a band-aid fix but a something that can just help us work our body our brain our muscle memory in a different way that helps it learn faster and better and that's what the whole basis the premise of this channel is all about is to help us get better faster And a lot of it's unconventional teachings, tips, drills, things like that. The goal in mind is that you get better. That's it. I mean, that is the goal. That's why I work so hard. And, you know, you don't make make a lot of money doing this. So uh, there's got to be a a certain passion to it. And I love what I do. And I love being able to share uh, what I've learned over the years with everybody because it's just, it's encouraging when you all uh, reach out back to me and say, just say thanks. And when I was at the Genesis Open, I had a lot of people come up to me and just say thanks. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate each one of you who took that time to just say hi, to uh, introduce yourself and say thanks. You know, I appreciate it. That's why, that's why I do this because I want to help people get better. And I feel like golf has just been in a space for so long where you kind of hear the same thing over and over and over again and you don't really get any better. And so I want people to hear sort of the same thing in a very different way. And so that's how I try to package this whole channel in a different type of wrapper so that you can, it's just new, so that your brain can pick it up quicker and faster and better. Anyway, speaking of 
the uh, Genesis Open. Oh, and before we get that, uh, be sure to, I always like to get let you know about uh, good discounts, good products that I work with, that I'm uh, reviewing, checking out. One company that's always been great to me is Athlons, and th- I just want to share uh, them with you, and that's the shoe company that I'm wearing their shoes pretty much ex- all the time. They don't pay me to wear their shoes. They do. They give me some shoes, but I really love them, and I want you guys to, uh, you know, at least consider checking them out. They have this technology that helps keep you grounded on the earth better, and you just have more stability in your swing, which it's, it essentially gives you more distance and more control. And so you can hit cleaner, crisper shots that go farther. And that's a good thing. And so be sure to go to athlons.com and at checkout, enter promo code Mr. Short Game. And I think they're still giving you a discount uh, with that. So just, you know, always put that in and uh, be sure to, to check that out. They're not the cheapest shoes in the world, but they are, in my opinion, the best shoes, and I love them. You know, I walk a lot in them, and they're just super comfortable. So I really enjoy those. So be sure to check that out, and I'll probably tell you about other products too throughout the podcast as we go, but be sure to check that out. So if you watched the Genesis Open on CBS uh, this past weekend, you, you or you follow any Twitter rants and raves you'll you'll have probably heard seen a lot of backlash about the coverage and I was watching it and there were some things that I just I just was like you know they it just didn't feel right and so uh, I'm like why didn't they for example uh Harold Varner the third he had a shot on 10 you know the short par four it's 315 yards or so so his second shot was like from 150, 157, something like that, short of this first bunker that's in the middle of the fairway that uh, nobody even goes in. Uh, they they go over that one. They go in the one closest to the green or or greenside bunkers or over the green if they're, if they're going for it. So he's short of this first one. So I'm like, that's weird. How did he get there? And at the time, he was in the lead or, t- or really close or he was right in the mix. So... Then Trevor, I think it was Trevor, Trevor Immelman had said he had topped his tee shot. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh, cool, we're going to get to see his tee shot that he topped. And they didn't, you know, they didn't shot. I never saw it. I, I saw it eventually on Twitter. I think the broadcast may have shown it maybe 90 minutes later, something ridiculously later. And wh- what was going on there? You see, was it they were trying to spare – Harold Varner of uh, the embarrassment of topping a shot and having it on air? Was that what they were trying to do? Did they not want you to see the imperfections of a professional golfer or what happens to them when they're under pressure? Or, uh, you know, I, I've seen these guys, they top the ball occasionally, okay? This happens out there on the tour. There's shanks that go on. And so we see some of those. I mean, how many Webb Simpson shanks have we seen over the years? His swing just kind of encourages that, but he's so good, good eye-hand coordination that most of the time it doesn't happen. But so we don't see the shot. And it's, it's, it was very odd and concerning to me and a, a lot of other people as well. You know, so 
what, what was going on there? Like, and should we even worry about the TV coverage uh, and what they're seeing? I mean, obviously, CBS is is concerned in terms of what their coverage is because they just got rid of. Uh, or didn't just, but they did get rid of Gary McCord and Peter Costas, and they replaced them with Davis Love and Trevor Immelman, and they, they, um, you know, Dottie Pepper. They get kind of promoted her, but she's good. I, I, I like what she's what she's doing and what she brings to the to the broadcast. Very, uh, very good at what she does. But I do miss Gary McCord and P- Peter Costas. Well, Peter Costas, if, if you search the internet, you search Twitter, you'll see that he has called out or has said stuff about uh, Patrick Reed. And there was an instance where, I forgot what tournament, but Patrick hits his drive into the rough. And it's pretty well s- sitting down. It's sitting down in the rough. And Peter Costas, he's on course. He's looking at it. He's like, okay, he's going to have to lay up with something and whatever. So... Uh, Patrick Reed gets over there and he, you know, puts a uh, iron down and he looks at his shot and then he takes another club and he does that a few times and then eventually he pulls out a three wood and Peter Costas has, says something to the effect of, well, he wouldn't be able to hit the three wood with the lie he had uh, when his ball landed there, but now he's able to get the three wood on it. So he he kind of subtly or not so subtly indicated that something has changed in with the lie of Patrick Reed over the course of the couple minutes where he was putting the club behind the ball a few times. And you can see it on TV. So this is the kind of person, this is the kind of commentary that Peter Costas would give us. And this, for me, I like that. I, I want just just give me truth. Give me a guy who says the truth, kind of like that Johnny Miller. He's not afraid to say what's on his mind, and there's I, I don't find anything wrong with that. Now, if you're being disparaging to somebody or you're putting them down, that's one thing. I don't want that, uh, but I do want the truth. And there was nothing wrong with what he said about Patrick Reed's lie. He said, "Well, it was a bad lie, and now it's a pretty good lie." So what happened? He didn't say, you know, and he's standing right there. He knows exactly what happened. So he knows what kind of fluffing up or improvements were done by Reed. So he is a guy that tells the truth. Now, CBS, I don't know what they're going to say or what they're not going to say publicly on the record, but you would assume the reason they got rid of certain people and added others was to uh, get, let's say, younger in their uh, on-camera talent. And as as a attempt to try to attract younger viewers, which in my opinion is ridiculous. Not that that's what they did. I think that's what they did. But what I think is I don't think by changing the on-camera personality, you're going to get different viewers. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think adding or putting Amanda Balionis on camera is going to make more people watch. Now she's she's great. She's nice to look at. So she's and she's good at what she does, right? She's 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 a good like on camera personality, right? But I don't think people are tuning in just to see her. I I I'm not gonna watch NFL football just to see some commentator just because this guy or this girl is one of the on camera personalities. That's why I'm gonna tune in. No, I'm gonna tune in because. 
I like the team. I like the sport. I want to see that, right? That's why personally I tune in. And then I tune in because I like the way it's showcased. So to me, watching baseball can be very boring. But if they come up with a different way to showcase baseball, then it's a lot more exciting. Uh, A good example is hockey. For me, hockey on TV is boring. However, going to the game, it's one of the most exciting live sports to be a part of, to to go to, to experience. So I'll go to a hockey game, but I'm not going to watch hockey on television because there it's kind of boring. You You don't really see the action. You can't experience it the same as you can live. You live, you're right there. You can hear the skates. You hear the ice. You hear the stopping and the sliding and the hitting. And you can hear it and experience in a much, much different way than you can on television. Now, golf, golf live versus on TV. Live is cool because you're just right there among the players. I mean, you're right there. And so that's exciting. Uh, on television, it could be very boring. I mean, it's good nap time. If uh, it's just a regular tour event and none of the big names are really at the top of the leaderboard, what do you do? How do you do that? And you've got, you've got CBS having, having this broadcast that's kind of a mess. And they even said like, hey, we have a new crew. We're, we're learning the ropes. We're getting used to each other. And that's, I mean, that's kind of a ridiculous statement because you have the same producer, Lance Barrow, who's been there since, I believe, for a long time. And he's been with the company for a long time. And he's been involved in golf for a long, long time. And this is his last season before he steps down. And he's an incredible producer. But what happens is with companies like CBS, and I have some experience with CBS. I actually worked for CBS for a a few years um, here in Hollywood. And it's a totally different division. But in terms of CBS, people are there a long, long time. And so when I walked through the doors and I was just starting to work there a little bit, I would talk to people and they would say, oh, yeah, I've been here 30 years, 25 years, 20 years, 35 years. And that scared me because I was like, I don't I don't want to be here that, <laughs> that long. I want to be here a year, maybe two years. I, I'm, I'm not like this corporate, super long term person. That's just not me. I like to move around. I get a little bored, so I like to bounce around and move around from place to place. But CBS has that culture of you're sticking around for a very, very long time. And a lot of people in the coverage have been there for a long time. So for them to move on, you know, yeah, things are going to be different. But they totally kind of shafted McCord and Costas. They just basically ushered them out, which is sad. So they're saying whether they're saying it publicly or not saying it, but they're trying to attract a younger a younger audience. So they're trying to get in different people that's going to bring in that younger audience. But again, do you, I'm gonna just ask you all a question, leave your comments. Do you watch golf because of who is broadcasting? Or do you watch golf because of who's playing? So if Tiger's on the leaderboard, Anybody could be broadcasting the golf. You're going to tune in. At least I'm going to tune in and find out what's happening with him. Where's he? What's he doing? Who else is Phil Mickelson playing? Where's Rory and DJ and all these guys and Brooks? Where are they? So if they're in the mix, I'm going to watch. But if it's a bunch of guys, 
no disrespect to any of them, but there's a bunch of them that are just kind of like, mm, I'm not really going to watch. There's tournaments I watch where it's a bunch of guys that uh, I don't really know. I don't see much. They haven't won much. They're rarely up there. And it's not, let's say, a uh, one of the showcase events like a Riviera. It's just, I'm not going to just name tournaments. These guys work hard to put these tournaments together, but they're, you know what they are. There's some that are like, eh, whatever. It's just kind of in between the other tournaments. And it, it's full of uh, kind of people that are just not that exciting to watch. We're not going to tune in. And it doesn't matter who you put in front of the camera. You're either going to, you're going to watch or not watch based on who's playing. So when you take out people who know what they're doing, who are very skilled at what they do, who love what they do, as and, and replace them with other people who are not as good, who are not as skilled, who don't have the history, who you're just moving in because you want a different viewer, to me, to me, that's just a slap in the face. I, I don't respect that. I think that's bad business because you're saying that these people can't attract a younger audience. Whereas you look at a guy, I mean, I don't want to, certainly not getting political, but you look at like a Bernie Sanders, he has a, a large following of young people and he's not that young. So young people will watch older people that are captivating, that are engaging, that make them feel like they're part of uh, the family, so to speak. And if you, it's about how you talk to people, how they, how you interact with them, how you relate to them, and then if you give them what they want, they are going to be, they are going to be uh, tuned in because they're excited. They feel like, hey, this is, they care about me, and it's all about caring. So if the broadcast were to be structured and put together in a way that's caring, that you feel like, hey, they actually care about my experience right now, you're going to be more invested in that. You're going to be more connected to it. And we'll get into a little bit about what can be done about that, which I think there's some, um, I have a few thoughts that I think we can, that, that I don't know, you let me know if they're good or not good. And I want to hear your thoughts too about what you can add to these broadcasts. But back in uh, 1995, okay, this is when Golf Channel was really the beginning like their first or second year on air they were in their infancy stage and i was excited because i graduated college in 95 from san diego state with a degree in journalism and so i wanted to be in you know a journalist in production marketing on some level so i was super excited because here i love golf i just got off so i was playing on the golf team i studied journalism I'm going into that journalism field. Golf Channel is brand new. I mean, they are they are babies. And I'm thinking, and I'm young now, right? I'm young. It's 95. Just graduated college. I put together my resume, wrote it back then. You had to write it, type it, write a letter, handwritten, mail that thing. And I sent it off to Golf Channel. And uh, I, th- I got a letter back saying, thank you very much. Uh, we looked at your qualifications. We find that uh, you know there's more qualified candidates, but we'll keep your stuff on file. And by the way, anytime somebody says we'll keep your stuff on file, you all know that goes in the trash can and you never hear from them again. Nobody has ever kept anything on file. 
I've never kept any your resume on file. Okay, I just throw it away. So I think we can all just say and just tell me the truth. Like, hey, thanks, but no thanks right now. You know, please apply later, and maybe you'll get lucky that time. That's what you should say. Just tell me the truth. Don't lie. Tell me the truth. I might not like it, but at least I know you're honest. So tell me, tell me the truth about what's happening, because that's that's just what we want to know. So, anyways, they they turn me down. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I get I end up getting a job in Hollywood in the television industry. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm in. I'm in TV in Hollywood in LA. I love it. So I'm working there for a year, and I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I have a, a background in like editing, uh, assistant editing at the time. I can go to Golf Channel as an assistant editor. I have LA Hollywood experience, journalism background, golf team. Like I have all, I check all the boxes. Still young, right? It's the next year. Applied again. Same thing. Resume, updated resume now. Updated resume, wrote a cover letter. And this time I think I might have typed it. Journalism major, so my writing skills were pretty good. Uh, put that all together, send it off. Nothing. Same letter back. Same letter. Thanks. You're not qualified. We found other candidates. So then again, now the internet still is in its infancy stages, beginning. So there's not a lot you can do online. But then I, I, I think the next year, they might have had some job postings, and one was like editor producer like I started applying to everything assistant editor and now I'm an editor editing I'm editing television promos so they needed a promo editor to start promoting golf channel and I'm like this is perfect like there's no other candidate I'm in LA working as a on-air promotions editor day-to-day working on high-end shows people you know you have heard of their tv shows promoting that and i'm putting my resume all this stuff together to golf channel and i constantly get the same response no thanks i i I never could figure it out and year after year after year after year this went on and i still i still couldn't figure it out and what all i could think of now looking back was that the golf industry does not know as a whole what's what's going on. It's really all I can think of. They must not totally have a clue of what's going on because otherwise they would search for the the right talent and they would do the right things to put stuff together in an exciting way. And all golf uh, broadcasts, whether they're Golf Channel, CBS, NBC, Fox, uh, they're all very similar if you look at it. And they all copy each other. But very seldom do you see somebody willing to step out and take a chance and step out of the box and do something different and really make a stand and say, hey, we're going to try this. And what's interesting about golf and TV and let's say entertainment today versus 10, 15, 20 years ago is the fact that because of YouTube 
and what's happens, what happens there, right? There's always stuff there to check out. Like I can put out a video of just about anything tomorrow. I can do anything I want. Let's say golf related. I just throw it out there. Now, if you hate it, I'm going to know right away. And that's fine. Then I, then I make adjustments and say, okay, don't do that again. Or I do one and you love it. And then I kind of start pivoting my whole channel, my whole look, everything based around stuff you love. In other words, I have instant feedback of what you like and what you don't like. And even golf broadcasts today have that. They have that ability to look at what people like and get that instant feedback and say, did they like that? Do they not like that? The problem, though, is that for so many years, for so long, they bring in the producers. They bring in the people that are, are not willing to try different things. And the reason they, they're not is because they fear losing their job. You look at Peter Costas. He would say what was – he would say the truth a lot of times. He would speak – what he believed, he would speak his mind. And that's what I love about people as they mature is that they're less afraid to say what they what they want. So that's what happens is they start moving those people out. The really young are fearless. They'll say what they, they believe, what they see, like little kids. They'll just say it. Like, you're fat. Like kids will say that kind of stuff at the grocery store. Like, whoa, how'd that person get so big? Like, I've been standing there with my kids, they're little, and they're like, whoa, you know, and then you're like, oh, sorry, right? I think that's happened to a lot of parents out there, and that's what little kids do, and then you lose that because there's a, a level of, uh, I, I just believe it's fear, you, want, you don't want to lose your job, so CBS moves out certain people, they move in other people, and now they have these people brand new, especially brand new at, or newer in the company, you're going to do whatever the higher-ups tell you to do. So you're not going to say things that they don't want you to say. You're just going to promote whatever they want you to promote. And typically, it's going to be things that their sponsors are comfortable with, that they feel like doesn't offend anybody because they're making advertising dollars. And it's promoting, they want to promote the certain things that they want to promote because there's a lot of money involved in that. So as People like Costas or McCord um, get more familiar, more comfortable with what they do. They're going to start saying what they believe more often. And then the, the company's not going to like that as much. So, yeah, it's no surprise they move them out. And it's all about job security. And that's, that's one of the challenges I have with watching these golf broadcasts is the fact that people have these, these job security positions and they want to keep it so they, they don't say or report in a way that brings truth. Like, if, hey, if somebody's fluffing up their lie, man, I want to know about it. If somebody tops a ball, I want to see it. Guess what? If Max Homa, who is a local L.A. guy, is in the lead or fighting for the lead, that dude is huge around L.A. He's huge around here. And L.A. is going to have a big market share of the Genesis Open because it's in L.A. So we're all watching it. And everybody's in L.A. is rooting for Max Homa. Now, a producer should know this. Like, oh, he's a, he's a local guy. Let's do some backstory stuff around him and show him more. Because 
he is a kind of a homegrown dude in the area. And let's show you have enough cameras. You tell me you don't have coverage of Harold Marner, like live topping that ball. You like you have the cameras, you have the stuff, but they needed, they, I guess they needed that time to, to contemplate whether or not that was something they wanted to put on the broadcast. And so that's just, to me, it's sad. It's sad that they're willing to, or not willing to, to, to say what we all want to hear and to put it out there. Because I don't think a guy like Harold Varner would care if you showed him topping the ball. You've seen him in interviews. He seems like a pretty down-to-earth, cool dude who would just say, yeah, like, what's he going to do? Right? I don't think he would get upset about that or respond. Like, it's reality. It happens to us. And I think that's what the golf broadcasts are really missing are people that are more relatable to the viewer. Right? They typically get the, the former PGA Tour or LPGA Tour player, and then that's the person they have doing the broadcast. The problem is it's hard in my opinion, for that person to relate to the viewer because it's been so long since they've been that player. They've been on tour. They've been in it. Now they have some knowledge in terms of the shot, but that can all be learned. You can all, and we can all look at a situation and if you have some level of intelligence, figure out if it's a good lie or a bad lie and there's distance. And so I would rather see quality reporters or entertaining people uh, in, involved in the broadcast as opposed to all former PGA or LPGA Tour players. Because one is fine, or two, that's cool, I like that, but I don't need them all to be. I want some real-life journalists, or people who study journalism, or people who have an entertaining take, or can speak to a viewer in a way that it's most relatable. Like, oh man, that's a chunky lie. Dude, I couldn't hit a, a, a seven iron out of that, you know, with a hundred, with a whole basket. Like, I don't know exactly, you know, and, but like a guy who does it well is uh, uh, Faraday. I mean, he's good, in my opinion. I like him, but he he's a, he's a good character. And the funny thing is, what's great is, he, okay, he was on tour, however, he wasn't that great on tour. He was pretty good. He played in the Ryder Cup. And, but he's able to cross that, that bridge and speak as if he's one of us, the amateur or average player. He's able to talk about himself in that way so you feel like he's one of us. And so I want more people like that on the broadcast as opposed to just uh, all these yes men and women who are going to do whatever the company says. But what are you going to do? You know, the company's paying for the rights to broadcast that event. So they get to do whatever they want to do. So how do you deal with that? You know, it's going to take it's going to take a lot of kind of pushback. So keep your Twitter comments respectful, but go after them if it's not if it's not a good enough quality and let them know, don't just beat up on what they're doing. Let's start letting them know the things that we can do that we want so that we can 
we can have a quality broadcast. And even let's change the way we showcase golf on television. I would like to see that. Like one thing I would try, if I'm the producer of, and I've produced a lot of things in television. So one of the things I would try would be I would bring in uh, YouTube golfers like myself, like GM Golf, Golf Holics. There's a lot of guys and girls that you could bring in that can give a different perspective and have them do some on-course commentary about what's going on. And at least try it. Try it out. I'd bring in a few of us personally. I'm what am I trying to get a job? Not really. I like being home watching this stuff on the weekends, but I would I would be willing to go out there and be on course on a Saturday. I think you should do it one day of the event, like Saturday, and just see what happens. Have like four or five of them. Have them together. So they're both like have a team of two. Like it'd be cool like Mike from Golfholics and me just together. We're walking together and we're both talking about one group. And we're doing our commentary together. like, And you play off of each other. And you could do stuff like that. You can have Paige out there with, with Paris and di- different people like that who can bring a different element to the game, to the broadcast that they've never done before. And so you have these people who have some social media um, standing or that are able to kind of give a cool, different perspective on the game that you haven't heard before, but that maybe people are familiar with on some level. And I think that would really spice up the broadcast. And if you don't want to have it on a Sunday final round where everything's super important and you've got the sponsor and letting them give their television time or whatever, I get that. But it might be something to try out on a Saturday, because the weekends are, you know, be a bit more popular, more people watching, or just try it out, see what happens, see what kind of response you get. You and the cool thing about uh, social media is that you're gonna know right away. You're gonna know, and so that's something that I would like to see. Whether it's me, whether it's somebody else, I don't care. But I would like to see something like that, and and let's have like some on camera Twitter responses, so we can start engaging social media on a much bigger level than they're currently doing good and bad like don't run away don't shy away from truth let's bring it in and talk about it and if somebody says something about the golfers obviously we want to keep the respectful comments there and the disrespectful and you know hate comments out but there's a lot of people out there that have good comments so i want more of that social media interaction on my television feed and I want to see more people giving commentary and even maybe talking with fans like I don't want to see a player interviewed during the round because I mean Brooks Kepka hates it. I think it's weird personally like you're walking up the 16th fairway and I'm going to interview you hey Tiger tell me about that drive you just hit off a spectator like this is not something that I think is good. Let's that's that's a bad idea. But what I could do is interview a fan right there and get some fan takes. Kids, if I'm interviewing kids on the golf course, guess what? More kids are going to watch. 
if you want younger viewers, then start tailoring your broadcast for them. It's not going to be because you hired a young person to be on the show, on the broadcast. It's going to be because you structure it in a way that kids want to watch. Kids watched Mr. Rogers, okay, in a large scale, on a large scale. He wasn't the youngest guy in the world, okay? You don't have to be young for young people to watch. That's a misnomer. That's ridiculous. What you have to do is structure a, a broadcast that attracts them without, here's the key, without ostracizing the older, more mature viewer because that's not what you want to do. And there are ways to do that. You don't want to be so overwhelming, so different that it's like, whoa, shocking and people hate it. But you can slowly integrate other people. And I would start with integrating other people similar to what David Faraday is, okay? A more down-to-earth, relatable person. He relates to that average, that average golfer. And there's a lot of people out there that can do that in a cool way. And everybody has a different perspective. Everybody has a different take. And people who are doing it or, you know, people who are on YouTube, I think would be a great way to go. And you could even just take that broadcast with those commentators and, and stream it directly to YouTube. And so if you want, if people wanted that, they could direct themselves to a different platform. You have the PGA Tour live broadcast. So that's cool. So you you have the ability in events to have a separate broadcast. And I would have one if you don't want to. I mean, I would do it on the national level. But if you can't, I would give people the option of hearing different style commentators uh, and a, see a different style of broadcast. And you could start on YouTube, you could start on social media, you could start doing it in different ways. So that's my solution, kind of in a nutshell, for just a, a base, basic way where you, we can begin to start having a cooler, more, uh, I don't know, young, they say young, but just a different, let's just say different style of broadcast. Because the, the typical stuff is just, it's getting old. It's not totally working unless Tiger's winning the tournament. It's going to be difficult to really get people engaged. The, the, the ones that they are engaged with are the, the Masters, obviously. That's a big one. Or one where Tiger's winning. Or you know, something like the U.S. Open when the players are getting beat up. and Which I don't think is a bad thing. I like it. I like to see carnage out there more often. And you look in terms of the USGA distance report, uh, and then you watch the Genesis Invitational, not a long golf course, and the scores weren't ridiculously low, and the long bombers weren't dominating. I mean, there were some up there, but you had Harold Varner. You mean you had other more, let's say, normal distance players up there because that course is set up in a way that can that gives everybody really a fair shake at winning the tournament and that's exactly what it did and you can do that week in and week out with proper course setup which for some reason they refuse to do and i think the more difficult you make it 
the more in the more fun it is to watch because I want to see a guy top the ball. I want to see them chunk it. I want to see them shank something. I want to see it challenging. I want to see the putts. I want to see some birdies, but I want to see you earn it. And then that coupled with a different style of format where you can get good broadcasters to do some cool stuff. And if they don't do it, if the networks aren't willing to do this, what's going to happen is, I'll tell you what's going to happen. People are going to give their commentary in a different way. I can do a commentary. I could throw the game up on my television and I could do this and you could listen to me and watch golf at the same time. You know, you can, I can't show you the golf, but you can watch. So that's going to happen. People are going to do that. And I could get a bunch of my friends and we can all do it. And then you could have a cool commentary in a way that, so, you know, if that's something, but people are going to do that. They're just going to watch it, commentary. So you could throw it up on your TV, the network, and then listen to something else. And so if they don't get their act straight, that's exactly what's going to happen. And then that's going to start really affecting what's happening. And there's going to be a big, uh, there's going to be a big backlash about how, you know, golf is consumed. So I, if I were the networks, I would be in front of this and out, out on top so that those types of things don't happen. It's easy to do. Just bring some people in, let them do something, try some stuff out, always test, put it online, put it on one day, put stuff out there in a way that you can start seeing what's working and what's not working. And that's going to make uh, a big, big difference. And, you know, the cool thing is you can get that PGA Tour live for like, I think it's wait, it's sixty four ninety nine for the year if you pay for the year. So that's $5.40 a month roughly. Uh, that's a good deal. So you can watch online. Now, I wouldn't say the broadcast is any better. And you kind of get a different look than you do on the network television. But it's still not exactly what I think they're going for in terms of that, that new viewer, because you want to bring in, you want you're trying to bring in new audiences all the time. Certainly some people are just going to watch, but you want to get, you want to get a new viewer. And now I coach juniors. I coach kids. They're not really watching golf. That's not what they watch. It's boring. And so how are you going to get an eight, nine, 10, 12, 15 year old to watch golf? Because it is boring, you know, for for someone at that age. So that's the challenge. You've got to restructure it in a way where they're excited about it. And I've given a few examples. I want to hear your thoughts about what you would do. What what would you add to the golf uh, broadcast to spice them up, to liven them up, and to make them appeal for more people across the board, especially that younger viewer. Because if you're not getting the younger viewers, they're moving on to different sports and they just tune golf out and golf slowly dies, which it's always a challenge because golf can be really, really expensive and it's really, really difficult. So you've got to keep something happening to engage the younger viewers to get them involved in the game on at least the view, the viewing level. So what would you do? Leave your comment below. I want to know. And I want to hear about that. 
And be sure to always uh, keep checking the website, mrshortgame.com. Um, make sure you uh, get your free practice plan. Link in the description below. Thanks so much for listening, for watching, for making time to uh, talk off. And hopefully, I believe, I do believe your game is going to improve with the tips and the drills that I'm putting out and for you guys. So anyways, thanks again. Love you guys. And I'll see you next video.